And Peter Mullen with us today. Um, we are, of course, looking at things to do with health and well-being. And what is our topic today, Peter? Um, well, I thought we'd go back and revisit a couple of basics around, um, particularly around what is a healthy diet, but particularly around protein and um, are you getting enough protein or is it more the fact that a lot of people are actually having too much protein in their diet these days? We are going to talk about healthy diet and protein, but we are also happy to take your calls, 49216216, if you'd like to put a question to Peter today. Now, what does constitute a healthy diet? Well, Jane, it's one of those, it, it, it's a lot simpler probably than what, what we think. You know, there's so many dietary alternatives on the market. You know, there's the paleo diet, the um, 5-2 diet, the Mediterranean diet, the CSIRO diet, the so many different versions of what really should be a lot of common sense. And when we think about food, and again, it's interesting, like not everyone's as well educated around food as what we could probably all be. Um, the three major food um, components that we all eat and on a daily basis are our protein, our fats, and our carbohydrates. And what's interestingly, getting the healthiest version of each of these groups and the balance of these groups in your diet is what really determines whether you end up with a lot of these lifestyle diseases we're talking about, cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, all relates to the balance of whether you're having too much, too many carbs or, or too many fats or not good quality carbs or whatever. So I thought we'd break it down a little bit today and start with protein. Right. Protein. So, yeah, so protein. And again, just to, to so for, I'm sure everybody's aware of what our protein foods are. So protein foods are things like um, fish contain protein, eggs, chicken, um, red meat um, all contains protein. Um, and then we have our vegetarian sources as well. Our beans and seeds, nuts, and even grains contain protein. So there's lots of different versions of protein. So if protein is one of the three main types, the main groups of foods that we need, why do we need protein? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? So the, re the whole reason we need to eat food is to rebuild our body so that our body can last, re rebuild our body, um, supply it with all the nutrients it needs to keep our immune system healthy, and I guess supply it with the food that's going to also then provide the energy for us to, for this body to last, hopefully 95 years. Right. So, There's a goal. <laughs> 95 still with our marbles and our mobility. That's important. That's the goal. Right. So proteins, proteins are particularly to do with, um, it feeds all 600 of our muscles, uh, carries out repairs and maintenance, um, amino acids. So proteins are actually long chain amino acids. Combination. So amino acids are, are, are simple portions of protein that join together in different forms and, and they're called proteins. So we need these amino acids. They're the building blocks for our muscles. Um, we need protein for a healthy immune system. You know, people think about what do you need to um, be eating for a healthy gut health particularly. You need to be having healthy proteins and fats because our gut wall is made up of proteins and fats. So having a good amount of healthy protein is important the amino acids for our immune system um, amino acids form a big part of our neurotransmitter system as well so our brain chemistry relies on neuro on these amino acids so proteins involved in basically every structure and pretty much every function in the body it's not just about growing our muscle mm. tissue mm -hmm. 
Um, and we need to renew it again and again, I suppose. Yeah, well, we're continually breaking down muscle every day. The body, the body's quite remarkable. Like our skin cells turn over every six weeks. So to go from your lower layer of skin to the top layer of dead skin takes six weeks. Um, our red blood cells turn over every 120 days or four months, um, and they're broken down. So we're recycling all the time. We're, we're the ultimate recycler, actually. <laughs> we, we really do break down and remake ourselves, but we need this fresh input of um, new food groups every day to make sure that process can continue. Um, so, yeah, so protein's vital for that, that cell turnover. Even our, our liver cells turn over every 12 weeks. Even our skeleton is replaced over 12 months to seven years. Mm, something as hard so as that. So it's interesting. Nothing yeah. in the body stays static. There's always mm. this constant um, ebb and flow. And that get, having better health is all about working, getting all your ducks swimming in the right direction so that as your body's repairing itself over time, you're actually a healthier version of yourself than what you currently were. Well, we're all so happy protein. to be healthy, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so protein. So Eating and this is one of the one of the thoughts. You know, do you eat protein once a day or do you eat it three meals a day? Generally, and we'll talk in the next section about how to calculate how much protein we need because it's actually a lot less than probably what people think. And um, I'm a bit of a fan of trying to spread your protein throughout the day because having protein with your fats and your complex carbs seems to number one slow down the release of that sugar from the carbs into your bloodstream, mm -hmm. so it keeps your blood sugar more consistent keeps your energy more consistent, keep, may keep your mood more consistent. Is all protein created equal? Um, no, I, this is just my opinion, but the, I, I think it's common sense, though, I like to think, um, and that the quality of the meat is as, is as important as the quantity. And um, generally the only meat I recommend is if, if you can get organically raised, grass-fed and grass-finished meats. Um, same goes for dairy and eggs. So, and I, I believe meat from pastured or grass-fed animals is is better than animals that are raised in confined animal feeding type operations, because um, again, you, greater risk of things like pesticides, insecticides, maybe antibiotics, um, um, grain-fed cattle, maybe being fed genetically modified grain. So it's sort of all a bit of an experiment that no one really knows what the outcomes going to be. So and there's there's a lot of quite a bit of research or quite a bit of benefit um, seen when we compare grass fed versus grain fed. Um, grass fed um, beef particularly higher in total omega threes, um, a healthy ratio of the omega three to the omega six, um, higher in B vitamins, higher in minerals, higher in vitamin E. So yeah, I think um, making sure you go for organic or grass fed or or free range. Um, protein whenever you can and same with fish you know i'm a big fan of sticking with our local fresh caught fish not so big on farmed fish particularly farm fish coming from overseas I, I i think it's too far out of our control to know what actually goes into that that food and fish seems to be a, an animal that does seem to pick up a lot of toxins and hang on to it so mm. like all animal protein the problem with um protein is because it's incorporated in the building blocks if if an animal's exposed to toxins, those toxins just get built into the structure. So it's hard then for you eat that meat, you're just getting those accumulated toxins. So, mm. Mm. so how, much, how much do we need is the question. Well, there's a couple of ways of calculating. Now, we've got a, a blog on our website that has a, a link to a simple nutrient calculator. So you can get on there and put your information in, it will tell you. But a good rule of thumb is 0.8 of a gram per kilo of your ideal body weight. So if your ideal body weight is, say, 
80 kgs, um, 0.8, do you know what 0.8 of 80 would be? You tell me. <laughs> well, I, I should have calculated that before I came over. I am going to just turn my, com- my mini computer on yeah, here. Yeah, one of those ones I think, we carry around with us all I think the time. it will be about 64 grams from memory. So if we say 0.8 by 80 kilos, mm-hmm. 64 grams. Okay, that's not now, a lot really. It's not a lot. Now, people get a little bit confused. They think, does that mean I can only have 64 grams of chicken? No, it doesn't, because in, say, in 100 grams of chicken, you've got the equivalent of, and I have it here somewhere, in 100 grams of, 80 grams of chicken, you've got 25 grams of protein. Okay. So yeah. when, it, when it says 64 grams of protein for the day, it's not 64 grams of chicken. It's actually, um, so say 100 grams of chicken would be about 30 grams of protein. But if you imagine that, 100 grams of chicken, if you have 200 grams of chicken a day, you're up to already, say, that's your that's pretty much your protein requirement. Mm, yes. And we haven't taken in consideration um, added protein in your in your oats in the morning with your flaxseed mm. or um, maybe a, a boiled egg for morning tea. So it's quite easy to get to, up to your protein quota your without ideal level. Yes. Yeah. So that's the amount for an 80 kilogram person that is likely to keep their their regenerating stocks up yeah all yeah. those things okay yeah mm. so so again it's not a lot like the majority of people would be eating 100 like a lot of guys would be eating 100 to 150 grams equivalent like by the time you have your massive big steak and um those sorts of foods like it's easy to get over that quota now interestingly eating too much animal protein there's a um a, an enzyme pathway that actually if it gets turned on by having too much animal protein increases aging and increasing increases the risk of cancer as well. So, this is where in the past, um, too much eating too much animal protein has been linked to an increase in those diseases. So again, we don't want to overdo the protein. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now another another way you can do it. This is this is a bit easy if you don't want to go through that calculation. Is and this is good because you've got everybody's got a palm or a hand. So another way you can sort of work this out is if you look at the size of your palm. Mm-hmm. And ideally, the size of your palm by the thickness of your palm, you want to be having at least two serves a day, the size of your palm by the thickness of your palm. Okay, so that would sort of equate to a little finished steak, perhaps. Yeah, finished steak um, with size. your palm. Yes. Um, you've got lovely petite little palm <laughs> there. You Two eggs at a time would be one serve of protein. Okay. So if you have um, an egg, if you have your porridge for breakfast mm-hmm. or maybe an egg and some organic whole whole wheat bread with butter um if you have um maybe some salmon or a little piece of chicken with lunch and then dinner maybe just a small steak at the night time that's ample protein for you because you've not also taken it so you could have your porridge for breakfast with your flaxseed and your um chia seed chia seed <laughs> which we're going to convert your husband into loving um where if you do that for breakfast and then you have some salmon you know, the size of your palm by the thickness of your palm. Like, don't get like a 45-gram tin of salmon. Get like the 110-gram. That mm-hmm. would be roughly your palm. And then like a, a, a palm-sized piece of fish or chicken or, or meat for dinner. And that, that would be ample protein for you for the day. Right. So that means three of those palm-sized pieces of food a day? Well, I'd know? say two animal two. serves. Right. And something maybe more vegetarian-based mm. would be ideal, like your porridge for breakfast or your organic birch or muesli or... Okay. 
Peter, we're looking at, um, well, just before we talk about some of the sources of protein, um, what about uh, do young, pe- young people need as much or more protein than older people or very old people? Um, yeah, like it does, it does, your protein requirements do change a bit. If you're um, pregnant, your protein increase might go up a little bit. You might do one gram per kilo of body weight. Um, if you're doing a lot of um, resistance training or um, you're trying to put on muscle mass or you're um, doing weightlifting type stuff, you definitely can get away with eating a, a bit more protein. Um, there's some thoughts that as we get older, we should have more protein as well. But that's a bit challenging, I find, because as we get older, we tend not to digest anything as well as we did when we were younger. So I think it's still got to be kept in context that there's no point eating stuff if you're not digesting it and getting the benefit. So I think that would be on a case-to-case basis. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of people say, you know, do you need to eat protein after a workout? And if you are doing a workout that's involving heavy lifting and weights and you're really trying to increase muscle mass, then having a protein supplement or eating protein after a workout within that first hour it does seem to be beneficial for helping with okay. muscle muscle gain. Um, so, yeah, so different different ages and stages and, you know, different calculations around. But, you know, if you base it around what your ideal body weight is, that gives you a good idea for your frame size as well. Mm. Mm. So is the ideal body weight the one you want or the one you <laughs> uh, The ideal body weight is that there's lots of ways to calculate that, you know, based. but the ideal way to do it, we what we do is we look at frame size. So whether you're small, medium or large, and then we look at age, height, gender, and frame size. So that will give you a close approximation. And then you can also look at what your percentage of body fat and muscle mass actually is. Hmm. And that's where those sorts of tests can be good because you can sort of get a baseline. And if you're a kilo under in the muscle department, it gives you a bit of a goal to look at what you should be doing exercise-wise. Okay. Where do we get our protein from? What are our best sources? So best sources, as we said, you know, depends on the quality where the animals have come from in the first place. And please don't get me wrong, with the veg- for the vegetarians, um, there's also some great protein sources, uh, chickpeas, mung beans, uh, quinoa um, is a good protein source. Um, and it contains about 13 grams of protein per 100 grams and is a complete protein containing all the nine essential amino acids. So quinoa is really good. Chia seeds, as we were talking about before, um, they complete. They are also a complete protein. And 17 grams of protein per 100 grams. Um, so actually, and they're unusually high in omega-3 fatty acids. So chia seeds is a great vegetarian source. Um, so once you've worked out how much protein is ideal for you, split it up across your three meals or have a min- three meals a day, and then you can decide whether you're going to have it more from a vegetarian sources or um, so 65 grams of cooked lean red meat is 20 grams of protein. Um, two large eggs, that's interesting. So two large eggs will give you 11 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. At yep. a time. So mm-hmm. you just fa- add that into your 64 equivalent for the day. Um, 30 grams of mixed nuts will give you 5 grams of protein. Um, 100 grams of kale will only give you 4.3 grams. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so you'd have to eat a lot of kale. But it's just interesting. Brussels sprouts, 100 grams of Brussels sprouts will give you 3.4 grams of protein. Which is less than kale. Less than mm-hmm. kale. Mushrooms, 100 grams of mushrooms. So again, you know, protein... 
protein, fats, and carbs are actually in a lot of the same foods together. Mm-hmm. But it's what the reason a food gets classified maybe as a carbohydrate is because it's predominantly carb. Mm-hmm. So Brussels sprouts would be classed as a carb, but they do contain a little bit of protein as well. So that's why it's probably rare that anyone is actually protein deficient because there is protein in in all of the food we eat. Mm. So it all adds up. Excellent. And um, what about fermented products? You um, you talk about those. Uh, as yeah, look, I, I think fermented products more and more are part an essential part of having a healthy yeah. diet. And um, with soy is often a, a, um, a protein source that you know a lot of people use, vegetarians use it particularly, maybe with tofu or tempeh or miso. Um, there's a lot of negative press around soy, but um, I'm a fan of um, organic, non-genetically modified soy, particularly if it's fermented. Fermenting seems to help makes food make food more digestible, breaks down a lot of the chemicals that we're trying to steer clear of. Um, so you can get tempeh is a really nice fermented soy product. Miso soup is mm. really good, really good for the gut, or, or you know, making chicken soup and using miso in your stock. Um, Tofu, probably not so much, but um, you know, I think if it's non-genetically modified and it's a small amount, it's okay in your diet. But yeah, and but other fermented foods definitely for the the sauerkraut and and just again, as as I've said before on this show, like at fifty, it's normal to have half the stomach acid production we had when we were twenty. So we all need to be adding a little bit of sauerkraut to our meals, particularly if there's animal protein, because we want to make sure that we are stimulating those digestive secretions and we are digesting that food properly now peter you've got a a free talk coming up soon yeah our next free talk is by one of our um, newer naturopaths amanda trigger and um she's our new fertility expert so she'll be talking all things fertility at this talk um and it's we, we call it natural fertility but so many people these days are having assisted fertility with ivf there has been some great studies showing that women that combine IVF with natural therapies may get a better outcome than just doing IVF on its own. So it's definitely, you know, this talk is, is not just for people trying to fall pregnant without any assistance. Um, it's also for those that are going through IVF or considering IVF as well. Um, and, yeah, it'll be a lot of really great information people can start to implement straight away. Excellent. And, uh, of course, you've got lots of information on the website. Yeah, look, the, the, they've got a great yeah. blog on there at the moment um, for my favourite um, top five vegetarian sources of of protein. Um, the blog on calculating your proteins all there. So if people want to know any more information, they can get onto our website, download the blog. Um, yeah, there's a lot of information there. Fantastic. Thanks for coming in today, Peter. Thank you, Jane. As always, you will be back next Tuesday with 2NURFM's Health and Wellbeing.